everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning to my English friends and to my English-speaking Italian friends. Good morning. Oh, this morning, before I play uh, my, my friend's um, Thank You Lord for a Brand New Day song, I want to share something just five minutes before I started the, the, the Italian transmission. I, uh, this morning I posted a, a, a post with, uh, with a picture of a, of a fountain that was dripping um, water. And, um, and I said that drop by drop, a little by little, uh, eventually the church will come to a full understanding of the true grace. And then the real gospel can be preached. And um, this is what I believe. I believe, I believe that um, myself and others are engaged in a liberation of grace and just a little drop and a little drop and a little and a little concept and a little teaching but day after day after day after day I want to bring the true grace of God and try somehow try to try to 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 demolish these these fortresses of, of religionism that have been built in hundreds of years by a church that loves God, but that has not understood the, the true power of real grace. Now watch what Isaiah says in, in Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28 and, he, and, um, and verse 9. It says this, Whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? And this is this is the cry of God, and this is the cry of my heart. How come I don't have thousands of people watching what I have to say? Because I'm talking about grace. I'm talking about the liberation of grace. I'm talking about the only thing that will give you life. Anyway, so God had the same problem at the time. Whom will He teach knowledge, and whom will He make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk. Those just drawn from the breasts, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. Now listen, to whom he said, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. And sadly, it ends with, Yet they would not hear. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you as, as, a, as, as someone that's been in this business for almost 40 years, I'm telling you it's so difficult to make people understand that God loves you just the way you are. And that yes, all your sins, past, present and future have been forgiven once and for all blood, by the blood of Christ. Because we are blocked with 1 John 1 9. We are blocked with the Hebrews 10 26. We are blocked with all sorts of teach, wrong teachings that have come up with us. And suddenly, when we sin, we have to ask forgiveness to a God that seemed to have forgotten the power of the blood of His Son. And it's incredible. Anyway, now watch what he says. He says, This is the refreshing, yet they will not hear, and nothing has changed. I preach over and over and over and over and over. And still there are people that fight me and say, no, 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 you must, 
you, 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 your, future, your future sins have not been forgiven. You must ask forgiveness every time. And if you, you can lose your salvation. If you sin too much, you lose your salvation and you go to hell. No. I think I can't be clearer than that. Look what Acts 3.19 says. In, in line with the word refreshing, this is the refreshing. What, the, what is the refreshing? The refreshing of the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. Talking about Hebrews chapter 4. Talking about, now watch. Uh, Acts 3.19 says this. Peter is talking to the, to, the, to, the, to the unbelievers. And he says, repent therefore and be converted. In other words, change your way of thinking. A little, little uh, precept by, by precept. Uh, little by little. Here a little. There a little. Uh, uh, drop by drop. Change your way of thinking. Don't, don't believe religionism anymore. Change your way of thinking. Repent therefore. Metanous, metanoia. Repent, change your mind. Therefore, be converted. In other words, come over to us Christians that your sins may be blotted out and so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. This is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. Anyway, this is not what I... What I'm preaching this morning, so let me let me start let me start my my song, brand new brand new day by by Bobby Michaels. Here we go. To put a smile on your face. someone that tells you to go to hell and you're looking forward to the trip. <laughs> Morning, Barbara. Yeah, anyway, so I thank God for that man. Thank God for that man. Thank God for that beautiful man who believes in God and who believes in wisdom and, and who believes in surrounding himself with people who know what to do. And let's keep on praying for our nation because uh, we are on a time bomb that only, only God can, can, can stop from blowing up all over the place. So anyway, this morning, 
Uh, this week I've been talking about David and I've been talking about the number five that um, is recurrent in the story of David when he kills the giant Goliath and it speaks so much of the fact that he's not by mind nor by power but by the, by the Spirit of God that David actually took down the giant in his life. This morning I want to talk to you also about this liberation of which we've, we've, we've spoken of in Isaiah 28 and in Acts chapter 3. Uh, the liberation, this rest, this ref times of refreshing and the presence of God coming, refreshing coming from the presence of God. In the Old Testament, you couldn't go into the presence of God because that was the ark and only one man, the, the, the high priest, could go on the Yom Kippur once a year in the presence of God, with, not without blood for himself but without blood for Israel, for the sins of Israel. So... Nowhere else in the scriptures is the liberation of grace, the liberation of grace, higher, more, more, more powerful uh, that, uh, that in the story of, uh, of the tabernacle of David. Uh, this liberation that man achieves in Christ, uh, liberation of grace that man achieves in Christ, is not better uh, depicted, described in, in the tabernacle of David. Now, let, let's... This tabernacle is the tent that David built for the Ark, for the Ark of the Covenant, when he had brought when he had it brought to Jerusalem. But let's go back a few years and see what happened. 1 Samuel chapter 4, 5, 6, and 7, the story goes like this. Um, the Philistines are fighting Israel. Nothing has changed. Two and a half thousand years later, the Philistines are still fighting Israel. Um, and Israel is trying to defend itself, and what happens is that they lose in the battle. So the Philistines are winning, Philistines are winning and the Israel is losing. So they think, let's go back to camp, let's go and get uh, uh, in the tabernacle, let's go and get the, the Ark of the Covenant, and let's bring the Ark into the battle uh, as, a, as an amulet, as a, as, a, as a good luck charm, as something that uh, will intervene in our future. And uh, uh, still today, people are doing that. People are using God as a, as a, as a slot machine, as something that can change the future. Uh, all you have to do is just put in the right coin and the jukebox, press the button and you'll sing your song. Uh, no, it's not like that. So uh, the reality of the fact is that they, they brought the Ark of the Covenant in the battle and they lost the battle. And thousands and thousands and thousands of, of uh, Israeli soldiers were killed. Now, uh, back to camp, there was a, the, the, the high priest. His name was Eli. And Eli had a son by the name of Phineas that died in the, in the battle. And um, this Phineas had uh, given, well, uh, his, his wife had given birth to uh, a man, to a boy, to, to a baby called, and the, the, the mother called him Ichabod. Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. So it's a terrible situation. Eli drunk, uh, falls, uh, trips, falls, breaks his neck, dies. The, the high priest dies. People, thousands of soldiers dies, die. This boy is born and is called Ichabod. The glory of the Lord is, is gone because the, the enemies have captured the, the presence of God, believe it or not. And so now what we have? We have God. And let me, let me, let me, let me tell you something. Please don't try and defend God. God can look after himself, okay? Now, the ark is in the middle of the camp of the Philistines. If, if that happened today, there will be armies of Christians, uh, you know, crusade, cut, uh, you know, to go to war, to war, like Peter that cut the ear of the servant, the ear, not the heart, the ear 
uh, of the servant. And uh, why? Because, because we have to defend God. Trust me, God can look after it. He's done a pretty good job for the last few eons, <laughs> ages. So I'm sure that he can look after himself. And I understand, I understand the rage and I understand all, you know, all the thing about the, uh, the wrong movies and the wrong laws and the wrong this and that. But yes, fine, okay. But trust me, God can look after himself. With the result that the ark is now in the midst of the enemy camp. And they take it into the temple of Dagon. Dagon is a, is a, is a, is a uh, god fish that received the sacrifices of, of babies on, on, a, on a slab of stone that would be heat up, heated up by, by fire. Anyway, long story. The ark is in the temple. Dagon, Dagon freaks out. He tries to get out of the temple. The Bible says that uh, they find his, his statue on the threshold of the temple. I believe that he, I believe that he tried to, to get out from the presence of the Lord. Anyway, um, a, a great plague breaks out amongst the Philistines and so uh, God is there. And so the, the Philistines, what, what do they do? They want to take, they take the ark and they put it on the cart, on the new cart, uh, with with uh, certain golden rats uh, offering, long story short anyway, the plague uh, had been most probably carried by the by the fleas of the rats, the bubonic, the same way that the bubonic plague, plague was taken into London. And so they, they, they do this uh, golden tumors, this golden um, thing as, a, as, a, as an offering. And they put the ark in a new cart driven by two cows that are milking. In other words, they've just given birth to two calves which are back in the stall. And the two cows, the Philistines think this way, they say, okay, if the two cows go back to the stalls, to their natural instinct, go back to the stall to, to, to milk, the, to feed the, the, the two calves, then we know that this was just a coincidence. But if they, if they go and go back to Israel and take the, the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel, then we know that this is a thing organized by God, and then let's get rid of the Ark once and for all. So, watch what happens. The Bible says, lowing, lowing as they went, lowing as they went, the calf, because the, old, the, 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 the idea is that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose, but all things are not necessarily happy to work together for good. For those who love God and call according to His purpose. So, lowing as they went, the two cows go to Israel and take the Ark of the Promise, the Ark of the Covenant, back into the camp of the people of God. So, they, they go over the mountain and they, they take it to a place called Beth Shemesh. Beth Shemesh, it's, uh, um, it, it's, um, it's, it, it's, a, it's the house of, uh, I can't remember now, it's the house of something. Bethshemesh, it's a beautiful name anyway, Bethshemesh, look it up. And there, the, the men of, the, the men of Bethshemesh make a fatal mistake of lifting the lid of the ark and peering inside, looking inside the ark of the presence of God. You can't do that. Because the only way you can do that, you can look at God or on God and survive. Because remember, the ark was the type of the presence of God. Inside the ark was the, the, the two tablets of the covenant. The two tablets of the Ten Commandments. That was the that was the the, the law, um, a type of uh, the law of Moses, a type of God the Father. Then there was the pot of manna, 
the living bread type of God the Son, and then the, the rod that budded and produces fruit type of, rod, uh, type of God the Holy Spirit. So inside the ark was a, a shadow of the Trinity, a shadow of the God, Godhead, a shadow of the divinity, the totality of God. So you don't look to God, you don't approach God without something, without what? Without the caporate, the mercy seat, the, 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 the thing unto which you would sprinkle blood because only through blood, only through the sacrifice of, of an innocent animal, an innocent person, could you present yourself to God. And so they do it without the blood and 50,000 people die. You can only go through the propitiatory, propitiatory, anyway, that uh, propitiation, propitia, propitiatory. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, see, the seed, the caparate, the propitiatory sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which we see is the propitiation of our sins. We see it in, in the letter of John. Jesus Christ is, the, is that mercy seat. Jesus Christ is the, the propitiation of our sins. The blood sh uh, spilled, shed on the mercy seat so that we can go into the presence of God. But they didn't, so 50,000 people died. Now, the Jews, obviously, after this tragedy, get totally confused and send the ark away to a place called Kiriyajarim. And there is where we pick up the story. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, 1 and 2, the Bible says, The men of Kiriyajarim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab. Abinadab, uh, the name Abinadab means God is willing, my father is willing up in the hill and sanctified Eleazar, which means God will help uh, his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass, while the ark abode in Kiriyajarim, that the time was long, it was 20 years. For 20 years, the presence of God was not in Israel. My Lord Jesus, what does it take for you to realize that all your rituals and all your buildings and all your incense and all your smells and bells cannot produce the presence of God? So the presence of God was up on a mountain in the house in the house of, uh, the house of uh, Abinadab, looked after by Eliezer, and uh, away from Israel. So now watch, watch what happens. David he becomes king, and, and and he hears about this this thing. He says, "Where's the ark? The ark is supposed to be in Jerusalem. No, where is it?" So they tell him it's in the house of Abinadab. So he goes there, and he, and he says, "Abinadab, can I get God back, please?" Abinadab says, "Please, yeah, take him." So they, David takes him. And he inquires, most probably says, how was this ark transported the last time? And they say it was on a cart, on a new cart, transported by two cows. So David does the same thing, builds a new cart with two cows, puts the ark on top of it, and mistake. David, the presence of God, is never carried in the heart, in the people, for the people of God, is never carried by things, not by chariots, not by buildings, not by altars, not by things, but by people, the Levites. The presence of God is only carried by people, not by things. This, this thing does not carry the presence of God. The presence of God is carried inside this thing. Okay? So, uh, it's, it's, it's a human being that carries the presence of God, not a, not a book, not the holy uh, flask of oil from, from, from Jerusalem, not uh, not the a human being. Those, those, those are the only ones that carry it. So, what happens? It happens that uh, David 
builds the cart, puts, puts the ark on the cart, and, and off they go to Jerusalem. Problem. On the way, they, the, the, the cart kind of stumbles, and there's a man next to the cart that tries to stop the, the ark from falling off the cart, and his name is Uzzah. And, uh, and, and um, his name means human strength. And so immediately, the power of God kills Uzzah. Why? Because the, 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 the praises of God cannot be handled by man's strength. No matter how good the intentions are. So Uzzah dies. He wanted to help. And yet, no matter how good your intentions are, no matter how beautiful your building is, no matter how anointed the, the praise and worship song is, the, the presence of God cannot be handled by man's strength. You cannot produce it. You can only receive it. So, David, the, this guy dies, and David is upset now. And he says, God, this is not the best way to, to make friends and, and influence uh, people. So, uh, he stops it, he looks around and he, he sees the house up on the hill. And he goes there and he knocks on the door. And this ugly guy, tall guy, beard, uh, ugly guy by the name of uh, um, Obed-Edom opens the door. Now, his name means servant, servant a slave of Edom. Edom. Edom is another name for Esau. And it's from the same root, uh, root word of Adam. 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 Uh, Adam. And so, you must forgive me, uh, I've got Italian and, and English and all sorts of things going on in my head. Anyway, so, he, the, his name is Obed-Edom, and his name means uh, slave of Adam. And he's a, guy, a Gittite, so he lives in the city of Gath, the same, the same city from where Goliath came. So it's, it's a city filled with, uh, with, with uh, enemies of God. Filled with so this Obadidim is a, is an enormous unbeliever, unworthy, good for nothing, idolatrous enemy of Israel, enemy of God, hated the Philistine. And yet David leaves the ark, the presence of God, in his house. And guess what? The presence of God destroys the house. <laughs> no, no. The presence of God blesses the house of this unbeliever, pagan, heretical, Philistine sinner, blesses his house, blesses himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for grace. 2 Samuel 6, 11 says, The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obedidim of Gath for three months, and the Lord blessed Obedidim and all his house. Three months! in which God had blessed the life and family of this unbelieving Philistine so much that King David finally had to understand the core of the meaning of God's grace and the right way to appreciate the presence of God. So now David goes back. Goes to, goes to Obedinum and says, Obedinum, sorry, can I have God back? So Obedinum gives him the ark. And this time, watch, 2 Samuel 6, 13. When those who carry the ark of the Lord, well done, David, finally, no more cards, but people. When those who carry the ark had taken six, six steps, he immolated an ox and a fat calf. He sacrificed an ox and a fat calf. Six, step, six steps? 
Break the sacrifice, kill the sacrifice, seven step, break, kill the covenant with blood. Why? Because six is the number of man, seven is the number of God. Jesus says, I am the, the, the vine, you are the branches. Remember the menorah, the, the, the Holy Spirit, the candlestick? It had six branches, six branches, and one central stem. The central stem is Jesus Christ. The six branches are the, are the uh, uh, um, that's the number of man. Six plus one is seven. David takes six steps on the seventh step. He calls for a sacrifice. Now, between Kiriath-Jerim and Jerusalem, there's plus or minus 20 kilometers. If you, if you, if you calculate one step about a meter, you come to a total of about 6,000 sacrificed animals. Six steps, sacrifice. Six steps, sacrifice. Can you imagine, can you just imagine the incredible blood trail that marked all the way from the house of Obedidim to the tabernacle of David, to the presence of God? Any unbelieving pagan could have followed that trail and ended up in the presence of God. And that, my friend, is the key to grace. Is that all you have to do is follow the blood. <laughs> Anyone can follow the blood trail of Christ, the sacrificial love, gain undeserved justice, and gain access to the true presence of God. Look at Hebrews 4.16, Hebrews 4.16 and Hebrews 9.12. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Because he entered once and for all into the holy place, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Just imagine, Obedinam, servant of Adam, servant of Adam, so carnal man, comes out, sees the blood, he, he, he says, hey, there's blood must mean something. So he follows the blood. He gets into the presence of God, tabernacle of David. He can get into the presence of God and God doesn't strike him dead because the blood has covered his sin once and for all. Now, let's carry on. Anybody can follow the blood trail of Christ. Uh, while the ark of God's presence was in Jerusalem, listen to this, this is beautiful, the religious community continued, carried on to Perform their rituals in a place called Gibeon. And the, 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 the church was there, the, the community was there, the building was there, the smells and bells were there, the incense was there, the crucifix was there, the, 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 the garments were there, the pastor was there, everybody was there, the apostle was there, the preacher was there, everybody was there, the presence of God was somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, 2 Chronicles 1 3 and Solomon and all the assembly with him went to the high place that was a Gibeon for the tent of meeting of God, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, had made in the wilderness, was there. So the tent, the tabernacle, was there before Solomon built the, built, built the temple. And, uh, and, but, but the ark was there <laughs> for 20 years. Oh, okay, never mind. So, how many people today go to a specific place, to a particular building, to carry out a script? scrupulous ritual, seeking the presence of God without ever finding it. Always forgetting that he has left man-made mausoleums forever. And he moved to his original temple, made by the hands of God, the new man Adam. Adam. How
how they are deceived by religious and suspiciously ignorant caste that keeps them tied to a place, chained to a sacrament, slaves of an order. How are they so easily led astray by the knowledge that we are, we are the scriptural temple of God? We are the home of His birth and we are the true custodians of His presence. This is the temple, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? This is the temple. This, the presence of God is not in a building anymore. He's not, I don't care how, how anointed your, your worship team is. I don't care how beautiful the building is. I don't care how great the atmosphere is. All those things are fantastic and there's nothing wrong with it. But the presence of God is not there. It's in you. Don't you ever say again, come Holy Spirit, come down. The Holy Spirit has come down. It's in your heart. The moment you say Holy Spirit comes down, come down, you're telling the whole world, the whole universe that you don't believe that the Holy Spirit lives in you. And that's it. Okay, let me okay. Let me conclude. While in the temple of Solomon, the presence of God was enclosed by high walls, thick veils, and intimidating courtyards. Remember the temple of Solomon was, 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 was enormous. And, and the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, was surrounded by, by thick walls and, and uh, veils and uh, courtyards. And uh, while that was it, David's tabernacle was nothing more than a tent. With an unopened entrance, whose sides fluttered in the wind, and a structure open to everyone's eye. This temple, the, the temple of Solomon, you remember, you remember when Jesus went to the cross and the, the veil split from top to bottom, and eventually the Romans, uh, under the armies of, um, of Tiberius, that destroyed the temple of Solomon, not one stone upon another was left. That temple was brick and stone and, and mortar and, and thick columns and thick veils and, and, and intimidating walls and, and, and it was blocked to everybody. Only one person a year could go into the presence of God. Now David takes that present, puts it under a tent in the wind with the, with the flaps, that uh, with the size of flap in the wind and that everybody can go inside and enjoy the presence of God. Hallelujah. And this is spoken of. The beautiful rebirth of the tabernacle of David is, is spoken of by none other than Pastor James in the book of uh, Acts, chapter 15. James was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem and uh, he's, 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 he's listening to Simon Peter uh, speaking to some, to some uh, believers that were... were we're kind of hesitating with this new thing called Christianity because a group of Judea, a group of Jews had come and I said, yes, it's okay, it's fine, grace is alright, but you must be circumcised and follow the law of Moses. And that nothing has changed still today. People want to mix a little bit of law and a little bit of grace. It doesn't work. It's like oil and water. They don't mix. It's either all grace or it's either all law. So if you decide that for your salvation and for retention of your salvation, you need the law, I'm sorry, but you've fallen from grace, which is a very sad situation. So, now, watch this. This is what James says, talking about Peter. Simeon, uh, Simon, or Peter, has related how God first visited the Gentiles 
to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, after this, God says, I will return and I will rebuild the tent and the tabernacle of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, Christians, all the Gentiles. The tabernacle of David is a picture of the, of, of the sacrifice of the cross that opened up the presence of God to the whole world. Hallelujah. Suddenly, it is no longer just a spiritual, sanctified, separate and detached elite who can access the favor and presence of God through the wishes of a high human priest. However needy and sinful, like the others, he may be. But anyone who believes can enter with full trust and participate in the virtue, virtue and glory of God through the accomplished work of Christ. The perfect, divine, high priest of our confession. All of a sudden, is no more, um, you know, Pastor, will you pray for me? Or, or please, uh, the, 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 there's, there's an apostle visiting or an evangelist visiting. I need to go there because he needs to lay his hands on me and call. Uh, and, uh, uh, please, send me your prayer request. Look, there's nothing wrong with sitting down with somebody that you trust and you, and you, and you admire and, and, and praying with him or with her for something. But please, don't go through. You don't need to go through an intermediary anymore. The mediator is gone. The mediator is Christ. There is no other pontifex. Pontifex, the, the name of the, of the Pope, it's from the Latin that says, he who makes a build, he who builds a, a bridge. Why? Because the, the, the Roman pontifex is the one that builds a bridge between human humanity and God. Are we crazy? Are we nuts? Are we God out of the sea? Have we got sawdust in our head instead of brains? No, the bridge is built by Christ once and for all. And not only He built the bridge, but you and I are in the bridge in Christ, united with God forever. And so, the sacrifice of the... the, the the high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ, is once and for all, and once and forever. And so with that, Abba Father, thank you for the beautiful, 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 beautiful sacrifice that you have performed in Christ. I thank you, my God. I thank you, my daddy. I thank you, my Abba. Thank you that all I have to do is follow the blood, and I will find God. Thank you, God. I don't have to deserve it, I don't have to earn it, I don't have to just follow the blood and I will find your presence. Because the walls have gone down, the veil has been torn, your presence has been made open to whosoever will believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And so thank you, Abba. Bless those that, that are listening to me. Bless Italy, I pray. Bless South Africa, I pray. And keep this cursed virus back to hell where it belongs. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Love you. I'll see you on Monday.